0: Welcome to the Engaging the Kingdom Mindset podcast with your host, Brother D. Join us as we explore the Word of God together and engage the mindset of heaven. Praise the living God. I thank you for joining us today on Engaging the Kingdom Mindset. Ah. Bless God. I'm I'm excited about today's podcast. The subject is awesome. The topic is even greater. And I thank you all for joining us today and taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to a word that will definitely change your life. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about one word. That word is a word that is very much used out of context. It's a word that is very much used and not given its true respect that it deserves. And I know that you're wondering what word I am talking about. It's the word love. L-O-V-E. And I know right now your brains are spinning and you're thinking about all the different ways that you hear the word phrased in in, in your everyday life. I love my new TV. I love my new car. I love my job. I love my cats. I love my dogs. I love fried chicken. Right? (laughs) We say these things, but most times we are not giving The word love, it's true respect that it rightly deserves. The Bible says God is love. So when we express to something or someone that we love it or we love them, are we giving it or the person the pedestal that's on the same one? as God. Are we esteeming them high enough to where they are in the same category as the Lord Jesus? Because if we don't believe that that's not what our mouth are saying. That's not what our words are proclaiming. We're proclaiming that I love this thing as much as I love God. Because God is love. He is the essence And uh, he is the essence of love. He is what love is. If you say you love anything, you're talking about God. God is love. you, You get what I'm saying. So we have to be careful in what we say and how we say certain things. And I know from experience, because I still say it to this day, and it's something that I'm working on. It's something that I'm trying to get out of my vocabulary to not use it so loosely. Because we've been conditioned in our minds and we've been taught and we've been, what's the word I can use? We've been programmed, if you will. Thank you, Lord. We've been programmed into saying things a certain way, believing things and just going Not thinking about what we're saying. Not even really caring sometimes about what we're saying. And yeah, I know it's it's easy to say it's just a figure of speech. It's just something that I say because it's just something that I didn't even think about it that way. I understand. But still, words have power. Words have meaning. And words set A certain context. We can't say anything without setting a context. All right? So, what I want to do right now is jump into the Word of God. And um, first, before I go any further, I just want to pray. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that you have brought us here to hear a word from you, Lord God. I thank you that you have brought our attentions into a kingdom way of thinking, into a kingdom way of doing things, into a kingdom way of understanding that we may be taught by your spirit, that we may be led in all things to engage your kingdom, O God. Lord, I thank you for the listeners, whoever will come on to hear this word, that they may Be blessed and be encouraged and be built up in their faith. If they're not a believer, Lord God, I pray your word convicts their heart to where they understand that they are not living according to your ways and to your word. And that they will have a change of heart that will lead them on the pathway of righteousness. Lord God, I thank you for this word again. I thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. I thank you for saving us, oh God. I thank you for coming down to a sinful world and being that sacrifice that we need. Lord, I thank you and I give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Something just hit me too. I'll get there later let's go to the Word of God I am going to be uh, reading the book of Mark ESV version I'm going to be starting in chapter 1 verses 40 through 42 it says and a leper came to him him meaning Jesus imploring him and kneeling said to him if you will you can make me clean moved with pity Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. The first bullet point I want to give you is immediate healing requires an immediate need. Immediate healing Requires an immediate need. We see right there in that verse, it says, and a leper came to him. Right there. His immediate healing was the fact that he had leprosy. And if any of us know about leprosy, we know that in those days, I bet even now, right? <laughs> but in those days, if you had leprosy, You had to live outside of the camp. In our our words today, it, it would mean city. You had to live outside of the camp where everyone else was living and enjoying their lives. You had to be outside of that. You could not be around them. If you had to come to the store, if you had to do this or that, if you had to do something, you had to announce, I am a leper. Stay away. I am a leper. Stay away. Unclean, unclean, I'm unclean. You had to announce your disease. You could not enter into the radius of anyone without first announcing your horrible condition. So his healing, he needed something that was immediate. He needed an immediate healing. And that's why the Lord Jesus has so much flack because he touched this leper. He touched this leper. When you touch someone that has leprosy, what happens? You get that leprosy. That leprosy comes on you. That disease is now attached to you. You have become a man of leprosy or a woman of leprosy because you touched or you were in contact with a leper so his healing required a need his need was to be healed right so what does god what does god's love look like to you that's a question that i want to ask What does God's love look like to you? Write that down and study it later. Look look on it later. Also, what does it look like in your life? What does God's love look like in your life? Okay? Do you have leprosy and just don't know it? Is your condition, is your disease not visible to the public eye? Not visible to friends and family or co-workers or your children, but is your disease internal? Do you have an internal leprosy? Do you have a disease that is causing you to be affected on the inside that you're not telling anyone just because it's not visible doesn't mean it's not causing you harm. In most in most cases, people who have visual or visible Diseases, those are the easiest ones to cure because people can see it. It's the ones who have an internal disease. It's the ones who have things that, that are going on that no one can't see. Those are the hardest to deal with. Because on the outskirts, it looks like you're happy and beautiful. Your skin is perfect. Your teeth are are beautiful. Your hair is done. You got money. You got clothes. You got this. You got that. But on the inside, you are dying. But you have a reputation that you do not want to uh, lose. You have a certain way people view you that you can't allow to be skewed. You have a certain thing about you that is keeping you keeping your, uh, how can I say it? your persona or keeping your I can't think of the word but it's keeping you in right standing with people but on the inside you're dying you're diseased you need an immediate healing I can implore right now to you if you don't, if you do not speak up and ask God to remove your eternal internal I should say not eternal your internal leprosy God cannot move and you will forever be sick we have to come to a point to where we are not ashamed to announce to the world and to people friends and family that we're sick and that we need help you know Let me um, give you this question. What is your immediate need? Write this down. What is your immediate need? And if it's not anything physical or internal, it's something. We all have a need. We all have a need. When Jesus speaks concerning your life, it's done. So whatever your need is, Speak to God. Give God your problems. The Bible says it better than I just said it. It says cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Who else can you do that with? Who else can you cast your cares upon? Without judgment, who else can you cast your cares upon without being Uh, ostracized and talked about who else can you cast your cares upon who will take them throw them away and give you love give you righteousness give you good things no one is going to take your bad and give you anything good they'll listen to your bad and then talk about you to their friend the next day don't listen to you and say they love you, but then you see all your uh, issues posted on Facebook by someone you thought loved you, okay? The next thing I want to read, back in that verse, back in that verse, it says, kneeling, imploring him and kneeling. That's Mark 1, verse 40. It says, Imploring him and kneeling. What is that a sign of? Or a form of? It's a form of worship. When you kneel, when you kneel, you are putting yourself in a position of surrender. Kneeling is a form of surrender. We're putting ourselves in position to surrender everything our lives to God. So our worship must move God to to compassion. Excuse me. Our worship must move God to compassion. What does it say in verse 41? Moved with pity or compassion. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will be clean. So our worship must be, first off, it must be authentic. It must be real. It must be from the depths of our heart. We can't give give God no patty cake or no wishy-washy worship. We have to really... Give God our everything because God knows who's real and who's fake. God knows those who love him and God knows those who hate him. And hate is a strong word. I, I agree, but it's one of the two. It's not, there's no in between. I sometimes love God. I mean, you can't do both. The Bible says, Jesus said in the book of Revelation, he says, be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I will vomit you, I will spit you, I will spew you out of my mouth. No one in this podcast, no one in my family, no one in the world likes lukewarm coffee. If you're a coffee drinker like me, I like my coffee hot or I like it cold. I don't want no coffee that's been sitting on the uh, table for about 20 minutes. and Y'all know that taste. Y'all know that taste. Don't play with me. You know you you made a pot of coffee and you poured it in your cup and you forgot about it. Came back 20 minutes later and sipped it. That it's like you know, ugh, You know what I'm trying to say? You know that taste. No one likes lukewarm coffee. So God does not like a lukewarm believer. God does not like someone who's in the middle. Be hot or cold. All right. Praise the living God. So the first one was our worship must be our worship must move God to compassion. Number two, our worship must be so sincere that it changes God's mind concerning his mission and our life. That was good. That's good. Our worship must be so sincere that it can that it changes God's mind concerning his mission and our life. So, like I said before, God knows those who are real. God knows those who are sincere. So our daily duty is to change the mind of God concerning us. And concerning his current mission, God is a God who's always on missions to do things for his children. He loves us. He loves us. But he cannot do nothing without our permission. God's not going to do anything without us allowing him to do so in our lives. God is the most uh, faithful gentleman you'll ever meet. He will not intrude into your life if you don't want him. Can he? Yes. Will he eventually? Yes. But God will not force himself into you, into your life, if you do not want him. He holds so much goodness and love that he knows He knows the weight of his, of his love, of his glory, of his righteousness, of his beauty. He knows how wonderful he is. He's not going to give himself to no one who don't want him. No, if you know you had a treasure, if you found a treasure, you were digging in the backyard one day planting plants, and you found yourself a treasure full of gold and you knew it was real, diamonds, rubies, very authentic, you knew it was ancient, you are not going to give it to anyone that you know who's going to tamper it, who's going to tamper or who's going to uh, pawn it off. And not have any care in the world about it. God is not going to give his treasures and give himself to anyone who's going to abuse him, who's going to abuse it, who's going to treat it like it's dirt. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. So we have to put ourselves in a position to receive the blessings of God, to receive the fullness of God, to receive God's best, God's glory, God's righteousness, God's wonderfulness. He is wonderful, people. Hallelujah. He's wonderful. All right. I have another question for you. We are filled with questions today on engaging the mindset of heaven. Okay. We're engaging the mindset of heaven. Let's go. It says, In what way do you exemplify gratefulness? And I hope you're writing down these uh, questions. I gave you a few already. In what way do you exemplify gratefulness? God has shown us that He loves us. How do we respond to that? That was a two part question. So let me read it again for you. First part is, In what way? Do you exemplify gratefulness? What do you do to say, yo, I'm grateful for this, that, whatever in my life? All right. Part number two, God has shown us his love. So how do we respond to what he has shown us? Okay. Write that down and ponder on that. Ponder on that. Reading the Bible does nothing for us when it comes to intimacy with God. Okay. Reading the Bible does nothing for us when it comes to intimacy with God. Let me give you a quick example. If I wrote, no, no, no. If someone wrote me a letter, my wife wrote me a love letter. I could love every single word in there. I could kiss the page after I wouldn't, but I can kiss the page after I will read it. Her perfume sprayed on there, her lipstick is is all, you know, in the top corner, big old no, no they're not big. But her lips are in the top corner, her lipstick and her perfume sprayed on there, you know, every single letter is all gushy and it feels good to my soul when I read it. But that does not take the place of our intimacy in the bedroom. OK, so reading the Bible does nothing for us when it comes to intimacy with God. It's reading the letter that God wrote, which is his his Bible, which is his, his, his word. And then it's being intimate. I'm sorry, being intimate with him later. It's first getting a grasp, a, a grasp and understanding of his word. And then later on, becoming intimate with the father and let's bring our minds back it's not in a sexual way but it's through fasting through prayer through understanding him asking him questions do you know that God wants you to ask him questions do you know that God wants to speak to you on a day to day basis what's love if love isn't I don't know what love is if there's not a continual conversation back and forth i can't love my wife and she's doing all the talking and I'm, I'm never responding i'm never hanging out with her we don't go out on dates i don't buy her things i don't do things for her i don't want to surprise her i don't want to you know cuddle i don't want to watch movies that's not love then same with god plus even greater If we say we love God and we are in love with the Lord, we have to spend time with him, talk to him, have him talk back to us, laugh with him, eat with him, invite him in. When you pray over your, your dinner at night or your breakfast or your lunch, when you pray in general, invite God into your life. Every single day, he wants to be invited by you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to love you. But he cannot do it if you don't allow him to. He won't. If I say, so-and-so, come to my house. I invited them. They're not going to come over if they don't know that they're invited. God is not going to come into your life if he does not know he's invited. God must be invited into your life. He wants to be invited in your life. Okay. When we commit adultery on on our spouse, they're not going to continue to be with us in an intimate and personal way. Spiritual adultery is the same, if not greater than the natural. God will not tolerate no one and nothing that comes between his love for us. I like that. God will not tolerate no one or nothing that comes between his love for us. He loves us that much. He loves us that much. Let's go to the book of Romans. Verses eight And 35, all right, because God's love for us is incredible. If we only knew, that's Romans 8. And what I say, 35, I said 35, right? Okay, it says, This who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness? or danger or sword as it is written for your sakes we are being killed all the day long we are regarded as sheep to the slaughter no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am sure that neither death nor life Nor angels, nor rulers, nor things Nor things present, nor things to come Nor powers, nor height, nor death Nor anything else in all creation Will be able to separate us From the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord That was Romans 8 and 35 through 39 Make that personal to you instead of us and our, say I I okay excuse me I make it personal because God loves you that much last question last question so why do we tolerate it why do we tolerate things coming in between our love for God if we love him? Why do we allow things to come in between our love for God? Why do we listen to gossip and to people? Why do we allow social media, TV shows, video games, mothers, whatever, fathers, children, why do we allow these things come in between God's love for us? Huh? That's a question. We have to understand that God wants our love. Because he created us to love. But the thing is, is that we have changed the affection of our love. It's no longer what we were designed for, which was to love him. We have perverted his love into something carnal, into something natural, into something worldly. It's no longer spiritual. It's no longer engaging into the heavenly realm. We are now transferring our love and reducing it to nothing, to things, to people, that'll change on us. I guarantee now, for most of us, our best friend now will be someone else later. The friend that we have now that we call our best friend for most of us, that'll change in a year or two, 10 years from now, we'll have another best friend. But God's love is never changing. He never loses one ounce of love for you. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how you act, no matter what, his love stays the same for you. His love never changes. So, like it or not, You cannot outdo loving God. He loves you so much. And I hope today that you learned a little something about the love of God. How he has cared for you every single step of of the way. Every decision you have made. Sometimes not good. Sometimes not productive. Sometimes you just know... That you shouldn't have done what you did. In all those moments, God was there loving you every step of the way. So I thank you today for joining us today on Engaging the Kingdom Mindset. I do, I do pray that something was said that got your will spinning a little bit more. I pray that you um go out and tell someone about love. Tell someone about the podcast, tell someone about. Uh, how God can speak to them and love them and dwell with them and live with them and show them a new side of the kingdom of God in your life. Start living your life for the kingdom. Start living your life in a way that glorifies God. Start living your life that will bring out the best in other people. Let's not make this thing about us. Let's not make anything about us. Let's always do things that will benefit others and see how much more happy you'll be. See how much more happy your life and your surroundings would be if you did things out of love that will benefit someone else. Do something good for someone else today. Don't think of yourself. Think of how can I better the life the emotions of someone else what can i do all right so thank you again for joining us man and um it's, it's been great chit chat with you for all of you who stayed through the whole 30 minutes bless your hearts <laughs> to god be the glory he is really doing a work in my life and i pray that uh you guys continue to pray for me pray for me pray for me and my ministry, you know, um, if you want to check out my website, uh, I will be thrilled. It is www.galatians51.weebly.com. Again, it's www.weebly, I'm sorry, .galatians.weebly.com and it's Freed for Christ Ministries And I just really, really love having the passion that I have for God. I love the fact that God can use me when I was at all accounts headed for destruction in my life. But I do thank you guys for joining us today on the podcast. I pray that you share this with someone else. I pray that you've been encouraged and I pray that I will see you Next time on the podcast, have a great day in the Lord. Be encouraged and remember, God loves you. Grace and peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We pray you've learned something today that will better equip you into building a mindset that produces kingdom fruits in your everyday life. Join us next time as we battle for our minds right here on Engaging the Kingdom Mindset. Oh yeah, one last thing. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you'll get all the notifications whenever we upload. Also, tell your friends, tell your family, just tell everybody. Engaging the kingdom mindset will truly bless their lives. So until next time, grace and peace be unto you all.